Hello and welcome to Sharp China. I'm Andrew Sharp, and you are listening to a free preview of today's episode. But in any event, I'm very interested to see what we hear from Xi and、uh, what some of the priorities are looking like as everyone convenes next week.、Um, do you have any final thoughts? Get excited. <laughs> Get excited. That's right. We'll be parsing readouts for weeks to come here、um, to keep it moving. So there was also the iSoon leaks、uh, a week or so, about ten days ago. There was a batch of files leaked to public websites detailing the activities of a group called iSoon. And as the New York Times put it, the documents revealed an eight-year effort to target databases and tap communications in South Korea, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Malaysia, India, and elsewhere in Asia. The files also showed a campaign to closely monitor the activities of ethnic minorities in China and online gambling companies. And then Tom emailed in and said, "This is nothing like the Snowden leaks with respect to the Isun leaks. Everyone already knows the PRC is a prolific espionage actor, so we aren't learning anything new in that regard. There probably won't be much diplomatic fallout because most of the affected countries are not the type to make a big deal about Chinese espionage, with the possible exceptions of the Philippines and India and France. However, this is an opportunity for the U.S. to engage these countries with diplomatic efforts, like in the aftermath of the spy balloon, where they briefed 40 embassies about the PRC's aerial surveillance efforts. I'd be interested in Bill's view on this. So, what do you think, Bill? Do you have any reaction to Tom's analysis there, or the iSoon leaks more generally? Oh, thanks, Tom, for、uh, for for your comments.、Uh, no, it's fascinating, and it it, it is a、uh, it's not surprising that you have these contractors. I mean, this is something that's been known, but it is quite、uh, it's quite illuminating to actually see this kind of a leak.、Uh, there is, it's not clear who leaked this.、Mm-hmm. Uh, There,、uh, I saw some. There's a. We'll put a link to it. There was one good Substack on this leak、uh, from today, and the person who wrote it actually says that you know the company is involved in some sort of a court case, like a lawsuit. Ah,、so、that makes all, sense. Like his point, you know, it almost looks like discovery, and somehow maybe that's how it leaked. Maybe it's a disgruntled employee.、Um, I think it is though very interesting in terms of yes, people know, but there are some people who know a lot of details, but it's usually classified or in a small community. This is sort of everyone gets to look at it, right? And then all the reporters get to write it and get to write stories for many days. Like you know, there's a Wall Street Journal story today about how one piece of this leak was how you know they were doing. Contracting work to find ways to track weakers or other minor ethnic minorities overseas,、mm-hmm. right? And so, so it's you know there and there's also I don't think it's been fully reported out yet. Sort of a, a ways that they were using like cracking Twitter and tracking people on Twitter from China and and who their followers are. I mean, figuring out real identities of PRC Twitter users. And、um, it, I think this is one of the things where we're going to see a lot more reports in the next couple of weeks as people dig through all of the whole data dump.、Um, so in that regard. It is very interesting, just because it it will, you know, it is not the Snowden like sort of like leak, bombshell, but at, but at the same time, it just puts paid to the repeated lies from the PRC government about how you know we're the hacking victim. We don't, you know, we don't hack, right? I mean, which、mm-hmm. everyone, no one takes at face value. Um, and so, you know, it's one of those things where it's just useful again. I think to be very specific about what this leak shows they're doing and how the system operates, and how you know, yes, there's some deniability built in because they are 
you know, outsourcing the hacking. And so, you know, the, some part of the Ministry of State Security, Ministry of Public Security can, you know, hire out to these guys to do something. And then it's, oh, the government didn't do it. It was like these private actors, which of course is BS, but it gives you that sort of plausible deniability. That's interesting. Uh, so you do get the sense that it's BS because it seems plausible that there would be a bunch of private data harvesting operations that could be quite successful. But they're not private folks who will say, let's go track Uyghur somewhere. Or let's go find the people on yeah. Twitter. Or let's let's go hack in. You know, there, there's it's it's kind of a mess, and there's clearly opportunities to make money on the side. I mean, I've always joked if I ever wrote a if I ever wrote like an espionage novel, part of it would be the the hacking contractor who actually on the side was hacking into U.S. public companies to get like pre earnings release data and then trading, mm. right? Or like hacking into banks, you know, to get to get sort of info about sort of upcoming M and A transactions, right? Because you know you can obviously make a ton of money. Uh, with that kind of inside information, you know, who knows? maybe they are, who knows? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, you know, it, it's because, because for those kind of skills, you can make lots of money other, other than just working for, you know, uh, some part of the ministry or the, of the ministry of public security or a provincial agency or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I think you, you, it's, it's not a, um, doesn't appear to be a particularly well-regulated role. I imagine this company is going to be in a lot of trouble and the founder, because this is a, this is actually a pretty significant embarrassment for the PRC. And again, like I said earlier, I think this story, it's because there's so much in the dump, there's just lots of fodder for folks to write stories and reports about for uh, the foreseeable future. Right. Well, and one such story, uh, again, from the New York Times, and for anybody who's unfamiliar, I'll just read some specifics here. A local government in southwest China paid less than $15,000 for access to the private website of traffic police in Vietnam. Software that helped run disinformation campaigns and hack accounts on X cost $100,000. For $278,000, Chinese customers could get a trove of personal information behind social media accounts on platforms like Telegram and Facebook. Parts of China's government still engage in sophisticated top-down hacks, like endeavoring to place code inside U.S. core infrastructure, but the overall number of hacks originating in China has surged and targets have ranged more broadly including information about Ebola vaccines and driverless car technology. That has fueled a new industry of contractors like Isun. Although a part of the cloak and dagger world of Chinese cyber espionage, the Shanghai company, which also has offices in Chengdu, epitomized the, amateur, the amateurishness that many of China's relatively new contractors bring to hacking. The document showed that at times the company was not sure if services and data it was selling were still available. For instance, it noted internally that the software to spread disinformation on X was, quote, under maintenance, despite its $100,000 price tag. And then it continues from there. And it is really interesting reading the stories about iSoon and wondering how many other private companies out there are working essentially as tentacles of the PRC government and what the full picture really looks like, because this looks like it was pretty haphazard. Um, and yet it was operating in, you know, a dozen different countries in Asia. So I, I just wonder how expansive the apparatus actually is. Uh, I don't, I mean, it, it, that's great questions. And, you know, the other question, of course, right, is we got this one leak from ISU and how many other companies are there like this? What else are they doing? Yeah, no, exactly. Right? And, 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 and so I think you can end up with, um, you know, and, and again, this also may be fodder for the corruption investigators because these companies are getting contracts from different parts of security services. Well, are they giving kickbacks? 
right? right. You know, I mean, there's, there's all, probably a lot, all sorts of sort of sketchy dealings going on. What do you think about Tom's suggestion that the U.S. try to brief some of the affected countries here? I mean, we may, the U.S. may be already doing that, but I think in, certainly in some countries, the, you know, if I were a country being briefed, I'd be like, okay, well, tell me how it's different than what you do. Yep. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and which, which I think it is. We may have but, answers there. Yeah. I yeah. Right. But I think it may be a little more sort of spicy in terms of the conversation because, but, but I do think this is the U S government will probably find a way to use this. Um, we talked about last week too, right? You've got the increasingly vocal five eyes FBI director talking about Chinese hacking, you know, specifically implanting malware on the critical infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've, we, the U.S. and the allies have been turning up the volume on talking about Chinese cyber activities for the last several months. And this just feeds into that. Right. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows? Maybe this was hacked and put up there and this was an operation. I mean, that would be even better, right? An operation from the five eyes, perhaps? Who knows, right? I mean, you know, how how do we know, right? How do we? People assume it was like, well, maybe it was, you know, something about the lawsuit, or maybe it was a disgruntled employee. You know, just because somebody's a cyber hacking company doesn't mean their cybersecurity is bulletproof, right? Right. Well, good to know that the the Western world may have a hacking army that's catching I mean, I, up. <laughs> um, I mean, one hundred percent speculation, but yeah. The the point is, is this is this is a it's just a world of which we see very, very, very little, right? right? Well, and, and, so, and, and to that point, as far as opacity is concerned, it reminds me to some degree of the conversations we've had about the precursor chemicals and the way that the precursor chemicals contribute to the global fentanyl trade. Like, it's just hard to know how much distance there is between some of the private companies that are engaged in this activity and the government. And how do you hold the government responsible if they at least on its face, there's some plausible deniability with some of this stuff. And where does that leave like a, a diplomatic partner like the U.S. In, in terms of how to hold anyone accountable? A- ambiguity can be very useful. I think that you know one area where there's no ambiguity is if a part of the security services go to this company and say, go do this, they're not going to say no. All right. And that is the end of the free preview. If you'd like to hear the rest of today's conversation and get access to full episodes of Sharp China each week, you can go to your show notes and subscribe to either Bill's newsletter, Cynicism, or the Stratechery Bundle, which includes several other podcasts from me and daily writing from my friend Ben Thompson. I'm an incredibly biased news consumer, so I think both are indispensable resources. But either way, Bill and I are going to be here every week talking all things China, and we would love to have you on board. So check out your show notes, subscribe, and we will talk to you soon. 